Student debt and the cost of higher education are major issues leading into the 2020 Iowa caucuses. Good afternoon, you and I. Candidates are laying out their plans, from tuition-free trades programs, community colleges, and in-state schools, or canceling student debt across the board. We need to have the best educated workforce in the world, and college should be available to all people regardless of their income. Senator Bernie Sanders visited the University of Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls in September of 2019 to rally college students. And that is why we should make public colleges and universities tuition free. Senior and first-generation college student Cade Olmsted believes Sanders is leading on this. He helped rally the crowd. Senator Sanders supports reinvesting and not only our children and families, our students and teachers and our communities financially, but he supports a reaffirmation and reinvestment in the very idea of a public education. For many of the students packed into that gym, predictably, this is what they want to hear. Some are truly struggling, like art student Shannon Williams. I show up to class and I'm exhausted because I'm hungry. I know this is a familiar story for a lot of you. Uh, Total student loan forgiveness would be life-changing. Is this what the majority of voters actually want? How can the federal government get it done? And will the key constituency for this issue, young people, actually show up to caucus? I'm Kate Payne. I'm Clay Masters. From the newsroom of Iowa Public Radio, this is Caucus Land. Cancel student loan debt for 95% of the kids who got it. Student debt and the cost of higher ed are steering political conversations this cycle. These costs can determine what jobs people take, whether young people return to their home communities, and when they start a family. You know, if I ever want to start a family, all of a sudden we're going to have these more payments. And I think it's really going to push back my timeline of what I want to do with my life. Not all candidates are on board with this scale of government spending, like Senator Amy Klobuchar. I am very concerned with these plans uh, that are free college for all. Why? Because when you look at the numbers, about 10% of the kids uh, that are in public colleges are in families that make over $200,000 a year. But this conversation is largely revolving around this new expectation, a radical reinvestment in education. Pretty much every candidate seems to agree that college costs have gotten too high. But in terms of how to counter that, that's where they differ. On this episode of Caucus Land, we're going to talk about it with our colleague Grant Gerlach. But first, a quick break. Caucus Land is sponsored by Gravitate Coworking and by Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, where students get a first-in-the-nation, hands-on experience with the political process every election cycle. Explore interdisciplinary learning at cornellcollege.edu. This is Caucus Land from Iowa Public Radio. The latest from the New York Fed shows Americans have racked up about $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. This is seen as more than just a barrier to higher ed, but a barrier to building a life after college. Presidential candidates are taking note, and they're talking about it. We're bringing in IPR's Grant Gerlach for this episode. He's been looking into how the candidates have been talking about higher education. Grant's taking us to Iowa State University in Ames to kick this off. This is during the first week of the fall semester, and he's talking with students like Veronica Morenas. So I'm from a single-parent household. Um, my mom's been a single parent all her, all her life. 
and so tuition was a really big thing. She's not willing to take on any any loans for me, which I totally understand, but it also puts me in a place where I have to be really financially responsible. And you know, if I ever want to start a family, all of a sudden we're going to have these more payments, and I think it's really going to push back my timeline of what I want to do with my life. My mom's been out of college for like 20 years now, and she's still paying back her school debts. Yes, I definitely have some loans, especially since I'm out of state. Is there a dollar amount? It's like a little over 10000 I think. It's one of those things like, you know, smart financial management, like you can still deal with the minimum payments or hopefully bigger than the minimum payments and get them paid off in a couple of years. That's the goal, at least. So when you hear uh, candidates talk about free tuition, mm -hmm. does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds nice, you know. Of course, especially as a college student, I'm not going to say I don't want my college to be free exactly. Oh, my, my loans will be high. I think of probably more than 60000 in loans, and I know with my parents, they're going to let me live at their house. for. I told them, I was like, I'm going to live at your house for a year, save money, pay off some of my loans, and then I'll leave. So I technically had a scholarship already lined up. So pretty much as long as I complete high school and I maintain the grades that they wanted me to, I automatically get a scholarship to Iowa State. Will you have any loans when you're done? Um, I hope not. And I don't know how I would be able to afford paying for it once I graduate. A lot of the candidates talk about things like free tuition at public colleges. Mm -hmm. What do you think when you hear that? Well, you said free free tuition, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I hear like not being, not struggling to go to college and that anybody could go to college as long as they finish high school. So, yeah. So that sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good, yeah. Those are the voices of Iowa State University students Veronica Morenas from Missouri, Jacob Wright from Virginia, Kristen Nathan from Minnesota, and Abraham Omar from Iowa. What are the Democratic candidates actually talking about here in Iowa when they say things like free tuition? And how would they solve the problem of student debt? Grant is here with us. What have the candidates been talking about, Grant? Well, they've been talking about a lot of things, actually. The one you hear about a lot is free tuition and cancel student debt. But there are other ideas out there, too, bouncing around like debt-free college, debt forgiveness, free community college, cutting student loan interest rates, a lot. So I actually needed some help myself wrapping my head around it. So I talked to Samantha Bain. I'm a senior at Drake University studying politics and law, politics, and society. As a student, Bain is sensitive to this issue of high tuition. She remembers when she was looking at schools and worrying about tuition because it really could have been a deal breaker for her family. My family was in a bit of a difficult financial spot while I was applying for colleges. Um, my dad wasn't making an income at the time. And I knew that if I wanted to go to colleges that I wanted to, that I would have to get scholarships. Otherwise, I'd be taking out many loans. So you had to scour those scholarship lists. Yeah, I had a giant scholarship book that I would thumb through and see which ones I was qualified for. And I actually ended up receiving the Carpenter Scholarship at Drake, which made it so that my tuition was covered by the university, which made it so I could come here. Otherwise? Yeah, I don't know if I would be able to attend Drake University if my tuition was not covered. So tuition is an issue that's important to her, and she's actually been studying up on it a lot. She had this internship where her job was to basically track everything that candidates were saying about higher education, student loans, student debt, all those things, and all the plans they've released. So here's how she sort of sums up what candidates are saying. 
What's interesting is that pretty much every candidate seems to agree that college costs have gotten too high um, pretty much across the board. That's an agreement. But in terms of how to counter that, that's where they differ. Yeah. So there's this consensus that candidates are landing on that college is too expensive. Student debt is too much of a burden. So what will they do about it? The solution that's driving the conversation comes from Senator Bernie Sanders, and that's make public colleges free, free tuition. And as he points out, last time he ran for president, he was the only one talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. free tuition for everyone. This time he's not. He has company. For instance, uh, Julian Castro, the former housing secretary. Today, for the first time in our nation's history, we're competing and collaborating with countries around the world that are producing tons and tons of young people that are intelligent, they're hungry, they're ambitious, they're creative, they're innovative. That means on our end, we don't have a single person to waste. We need to do two things. Number one, we need to make sure that higher education is available and affordable to everybody who graduates from high school. Tuition-free public state universities, community colleges, and job training and certification programs. And that we reinvest trade programs into our high schools so that folks can get gainful employment and make a good living if they choose not to go to higher education. And Senator Elizabeth Warren is right there, too. She would spend part of her tax on the ultra-rich on free tuition at public colleges. We can do all of the things I talked about, plus cancel student loan debt for 95% of the kids who've got it. We can do all that and still have a couple of hundred billion dollars left over. That should tell you about what's broken in America. So Grant, it sounds pretty simple to say all that, but those would have to be huge programs, right? So how do they say they'll actually make college free? They would be big programs and expensive programs. Um, So here's how they would do it. Bernie Sanders, for instance, says he would put up $48 billion of federal money. And the way he would spend it is he would go to the states and say, if you agree to eliminate tuition for students and keep your state funding where it is, the federal government will match the money that you're spending on higher education, two to one. So $2 from the federal government for every dollar that the states are spending. And that is supposed to be enough money that it can be free tuition for everyone who wants it. And it can also begin to cover some of the other costs of college, like housing and books and and things like that. Um, Elizabeth Warren, she has a plan that's pretty similar. She says that two-thirds of the cost of free tuition would come from the federal government. And she would also put more money into the Pell Grant system for for low-income students. So you've got this tier of candidates who are saying free tuition, but there's this next level of candidates who aren't saying free tuition. They're saying debt-free college. Debt-free college, free college, kind of sounds like the same thing, Grant. Help me out. It does sound like the same thing. In fact, I had to get some help on this, too, from Samantha Bain. Tuition-free means that all costs and fees with the academic part of college are completely eliminated, whereas debt-free takes into account your expected family contribution. And so it'd be kind of a last dollar approach where the government would then cover what the family cannot. So that's the difference. You have Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren saying tuition should be free no matter how much money you make. But candidates who are talking about debt-free college have some expectation for families to pitch in here if they can afford it. So that's um, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, Beto O'Rourke has mentioned debt-free college. 
What we don't really know is how much they expect families to pay. Um, Pete Buttigieg, for instance, has said that college should still be free for families in the middle class. But what exactly does that mean? So they expect families to pay if they can afford it. We just don't know which families they mean, really. And then there's another layer of candidates who don't go that far. They stop at free community college or technical school. And some of them are pretty critical of the idea of free tuition at four-year schools, like Amy Klobuchar and Steve Bullock. And even Joe Biden has talked about free community college, uh, but we're not quite sure if he would offer free tuition at four-year schools. He has said that he would want 16 years of free public education. Uh, We don't know exactly which 16 years he means. So on the one hand, we have these candidates like Sanders and Warren saying we need to expand the definition of free public education to include higher ed. So how do other candidates argue against that? Part of it is cost. Bernie Sanders' plan would put $48 billion a year into free tuition. Some candidates say that's just way too much. Then you have, uh, for instance, Steve Bullock, the governor of Montana, and he says he'd rather focus on students farther down the economic ladder. So that's how candidates would deal with tuition. But what about student debt? Well, it it sort of sounds similar. The candidates who would offer free tuition want to cancel student debt. And candidates who talk about debt-free college are proposing some form of debt relief. And when it comes to debt relief, it's sort of all over the board. For instance, uh, Joe Biden would freeze student loan payments and interest rates for student loans for people under a certain income You have entrepreneur Andrew Yang. He says if you pay 10% of your salary for 10 years, you don't have to pay any more of your student loans. Uh, Former Congressman John Delaney would forgive student loans for people who live and work in rural communities for 10 years. And um, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg would broadly expand a national public service program and make that part of debt relief. All right. As we sit here recording this, Biden, Sanders and Warren are sitting atop the polls. I mean, there's a stark divide here. Yeah, definitely a sharp divide. Those two senators have these extensive, broad proposals, while the former vice president has been much more measured and much less specific about his plans. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going from what the candidates have been saying to reading some of the fine print. Caucusland is sponsored by Cornell College and by Gravitate Coworking, providing flexible workspace for freelancers, remote workers, teams, or anyone sending emails from a couch or a coffee shop, including those in Iowa for the caucuses, with premier co-working spaces in downtown Des Moines and Historic Valley Junction. Learn more at gravitatecoworking.com. Enjoying caucus land? Find more coverage of the campaign trail by downloading the Iowa Public Radio app. Learn more about the candidates, read stories about their positions on the issues, and stay up to date on the race to the White House. It just takes a moment to go to the App Store and search for Iowa Public Radio. Your support makes Caucus Land possible. Take a few minutes and donate to IPR. Whether it's $5, $10, or more, your gift is an investment in high-quality journalism. This is Caucus Land from Iowa Public Radio. I'm Clay Masters. I'm Kate Payne. We spent the first part of this episode talking about what candidates want to do to make college affordable or even free. IPR's Grant Gerlach has been doing this reporting. And Grant, we've been through the bumper sticker slogans, but what are the specifics? 
Yeah, the bumper sticker is pretty simple. It's free tuition, but it gets a lot more complicated than that. For one thing, a big portion of the benefits for free tuition would go to people who don't necessarily need it, students that maybe could have paid their own way. Robert Reason is a professor of higher education at Iowa State University. He says it's not necessarily a surprise that you hear some big promises in the campaign. You know, in campaigning, what's the expression? You campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. Um, you know, the poetry of free college education or even debt-free college, tuition-free college, um, that's great poetry and, it, and it's really attractive. My understanding of the research uh, is that uh, as folks have kind of tested theoretically the idea of tuition-free college, one of the one of the studies I recently read suggested that at least a third, if not a half, of the benefits of tuition-free college plans go to families making you know, about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year or more. And these are students from families. These are students who would have gone to college anyway. So if a lot of the money is going to those students, you're not really helping increase access to college all that much. And Reason points out that there is a program that is meant to help the neediest students, and that's the Pell Grant program. But Warren and Sanders, even though they would put more money toward Pell Grants, the bulk of the money they're talking about spending would go toward tuition through the states. There's a similar criticism when it comes to canceling student debt, too. For instance, Bernie Sanders would cancel all federal student debt. But I talked to Nick Hillman about this. He's a higher education professor at Wisconsin. And he says the students that have the hardest time paying back their student debt often don't actually owe that much money. It tends to be that um, students who enrolled for a short period of time and, and, and didn't complete a degree and, and they left with debt, um, they tend to be the students who are struggling the most with their loans. Um, and they also tend to have the lowest balances. And so a lot of these students have debts that are less than $5,000. And so um, it's not quite as... Um, as headline grabbing when you say, you know, students are struggling with $5,000 in loan debt. It's more of a headline grabber if you talk about students who have six-figure debts. Uh, and so um, so I, I, the point here is that this, the students who are ob objectively struggling the most and, and disproportionately affected by student loan debt um, are the ones who, who have the lowest debt levels. And so, um, you know, these um, the candidates aren't really talking about that. Instead of talking about that, they're talking about canceling all student debt and free tuition. And Hillman does say that the message of free college makes a difference, especially for students that are low-income, minority students, students that have had the greatest barriers in the past. Telling them that tuition is free and really getting that message out there can make it seem like more of a possibility for those students. But if through the legislative process, you end up having all these conditions put on free tuition, it could end up backfiring and undermining that message. What about private schools? In Iowa, we have a lot of these small private colleges, and they're really important in rural communities. Do they get any help from these programs? No, they're mostly an afterthought, especially in Bernie Sanders' program. He would put some money toward uh, like historically black colleges and universities, but not most private colleges. And He's missing something there, according to Nick Hillman at Wisconsin. He says when you look at student loan debt and where it's rising the fastest, it's at private colleges. It's, it comes from graduate tuition and, and non-tuition costs like housing and food. And Hillman says none of that has to do with public undergraduate tuition. And that's the kind of thing that, that uh, people who are, are 
you know, academics and studying this stuff and, and take this, you know, work really seriously. This is the kind of stuff that just gets us really frustrated because we're like, wait a minute, it's not that simple. Um, there are a lot of other factors here. You know, when, when, the, when the candidates go out on the campaign trail and they say things like, we're going to end student debt, well, that's not probably going to happen if you, uh, you know, aren't also, you know, addressing uh, graduate students, um, students at private institutions, and uh, this, this situation I just described, so, and those non-tuition expenses, and those are all sort of the, the things that get overlooked um, but are, are super important and are, are, are the bigger issues, um, bigger probably than the tuition bills. And so if you're missing private colleges, you're missing a big part of the problem. And private colleges are kind of upset that they're not part of these plans. I talked to Kent Henning. He's the president of Grandview University in Des Moines. It's a small private college, around 1,600 full-time students. And he says private nonprofit colleges in Iowa have a higher percentage of students who are eligible for Pell Grants than the state universities do. Up to this point, our federal government has not uh, necessarily told people which type of institution they should attend for their college uh, education. This would be a major, major federal policy shift to now all of a sudden uh, favor one sector over another as opposed to supporting needy students. And Henning also points out that a lot of the small private colleges in Iowa are in small rural towns like Storm Lake and Waverly, Grinnell, Decorah, Forest City, lots of these small towns and their local economies depend a lot on these small private colleges. All right. This method of providing free college, I mean, is there a political problem to all of this? There is a a big political risk because they're using these federal state partnerships that look a lot like what happened in the Affordable Care Act with Medicaid expansion. Oh, right. Under the Affordable Care Act, the federal government was going to put up 90% of the cost of expanding Medicaid. And a bunch of states have never done it. They never went along with it. They didn't opt into the system. It became one of the big polarizing parts of Obamacare. It was challenged all the way to the Supreme Court. And so if you try to do the same kind of system with free tuition, what if states don't opt in? And then you have this unequal system where some states are getting more federal funding and others aren't. And so there are some of those flaws in these policies. What are candidates hoping to get out of the politics of free college and debt-free college? Well, I, th- I think they're just they're hoping to get voters. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they're hoping to get young voters in sure. particular, college students and college graduates. And if you want those voters, Nick Hillman says it makes sense to focus on something like student debt. People who have student loans um, are people who went to college, and people who went to college tend to be more likely to vote. And so, this is a from a strictly political calculus. This just is a really good play to get the median voter. And young people are a growing part of the electorate. They're giving baby boomers a run for their money, and they tend to be more progressive, too. But they're notorious for not showing up to vote <laughs> yeah. at the same rate as, as other generations. And candidates know that, which is why they're showing up to college campuses like Bernie Sanders did. And you tell those friends of yours, and I know they're all out there, that if they're worried about the high cost of college, if they're worried about the low wages that they're making, if they're worried about climate change, stop complaining, get involved in the political process. So Sanders is showing up. He's talking about free tuition, canceling student debt. It's a way to attract young voters on caucus night. We'll see if it works. Yeah, and of course, they're hoping to recreate some of the energy Barack Obama did with young voters when they helped carry him to victory here in 2008. 
Grant Gerlock, one of IPR's reporters here, helping us out. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. We're ending with Only in Iowa, stories from people who have experienced the caucuses firsthand, things that really can only happen right here in Iowa. Grant found one while he was out reporting for this episode. This story comes from Kent Henning, president of Grandview University in Des Moines. He was there in December 2007 when then-Senator Barack Obama's campaign scheduled an event on Grandview's campus. Henning offered his office to be used by the press for interviews. And his campaign sort of set things up and put his campaign placards on my bookshelves. I sneaked a, a Grandview football helmet onto the shelf next to that, which, by the way, I saw the next morning on the Today Show. It was sort of fun. After the campaign left, he found something they left behind. I think it was actually in my inbox, <laughs> this, this memo. It was his staff's preparation for his interview with the Des Moines Register's editorial board. My first thought was, well, now what do I do with this? Well, read it. <laughs> Find out what's in it. It was 22 pages long, single-spaced. A lot of it was reminders of talking points on things like the Iraq War and healthcare and how to set himself apart from Hillary Clinton. But it also got personal. They had a complete record of all of his previous interactions with the editors and publishers and reporters of the Register, reminding him of when he had had phone calls meetings, dinners with various reporters or editors and what they discussed, including a reminder of when Michelle Obama had met with various editors and reporters and what they discussed. Henning says it was revealing how much a campaign preps a candidate for an appearance. Fellow presidents at Iowa colleges and universities and I can sort of tell these kinds of personal stories that these are the things that happen in Iowa leading up to the Iowa caucuses and and people from other states really don't have these kinds of sort of personal experiences or close-up experiences with candidates like we do. Have you had a close encounter with candidates on the campaign trail? We'd love to hear about it. Give us a call, 888-893-2036, and leave us a voicemail. Even if you don't have an Only in Iowa story, you can ask us a question, as some of you have done already, so just give us a call. This episode of Caucus Land was produced by myself, Kate Payne, Clay Masters, Grant Gerlock, and John Pemble. With production support from Jason Burns, Sean McLean, and Nick Brinks. Our music was composed by Garrett Schmidt and performed by Garrett and Aaron James. Our news director is Michael Leland. Our executive producer is Katherine Perkins. Subscribe to Caucus Land wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and share the show. Caucus Land is a production of Iowa Public Radio.